Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Which coast? Traveling east to west. Aaron Ladd. Oh, he did it! (laughs) Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. But we're kind of in this range now. We're like forty-eight. Is there a chief that wear that wears forty-eight? Wasn't Dan Soros in forty-eight? We started off the pod with some bad memories. Yeah, what? Dan Sorensen was he was he was uh what is, what's the word? Start episode 48 here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. Um, polarizing is maybe the word for for 48. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that was not, yeah. not 48. I'm trying to think of the most recent. 48, because it was 49. Right? Oh, come on, we gotta put some respect on Paul Christensen's name. <laughs> Old Christensen. Jesus. Hey! Hey, he served his country. Respect that. As you all may have noticed, if you're watching with us here on Wednesdays on the uh, YouTube AP channel, we do have a guest joining us for episode 48. Uh, Aaron Ladd is here in KC. Mark Gunnels is in LA, coast to coast. And so is Harold Kuntz, WDAF's Fox 4. He has joined us. We're going to pick his mind on all things Chiefs Kingdom as we're kind of in an interesting point of the offseason. Chiefs are away for four weeks vacation they can unwind before st joe but still plenty to talk about in the chiefs world we'll talk about uh frank clark heading to denver and how that possibly impacts kansas city and then a petty patrick appearance that happened on the red carpet uh we'll, we'll talk petty pat I, I see mark just lighting up that that is your type of category Mark. like that's your you saw that and that was made for you i mean it was definitely uh it was on brand it was on brand, and the fact that he waited four days because he knew the ring ceremony was coming up because it happened four days prior when Jamar Chase said, Pat who? And obviously, uh, if you watched his trainer, Bobby, he actually tweeted it out saying, basically, thank you. Like, extra motivation for my client. And so, obviously, that got sent to Patrick. And, you know, he waited for ring night to do his flex. I thought it was really uh, it was really class. He did it classy, though. It was a classy flex. If you can flex in a classy way, I think he did it pretty, pretty smooth. QB1 did it the right way. We'll touch on that. We'll touch on the Netflix documentary and much more. But we appreciate y'all being part of the show. We can't make it possible. Coast to Coast wouldn't be possible without you all. We want to make y'all part of the show. 816-514-1267 is our voicemail line. Also, if you're following us on YouTube, if you're walking on Twitter, anything, leave a comment, leave a question, leave a criticism, leave a concern. 
We want to make y'all part of the show. Make sure all your criticisms are directed towards Harold Coombs, though. Not a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, happy belated Father's Day to you, Mark. Before we jump into the Chief stuff, uh, you spent time with Mav. How, how was that? Yeah, it was good, man. We just chilled, watched a couple of WNBA games, and just hung out, man. Had some barbecue out here at the fam. Had a nice little get-together at the house. So it was a nice, relaxing day. And, you know, very appreciative of being his father, man. It's definitely a blessing. Really cool stuff there. Let's just jump right into the the chief stuff while we got got here. Let's recap ring ceremony night. Oh yeah, I, I guess this is me. I'll jump in. Yeah. No, uh, you, just, you, know. just, you didn't say. I thought like, there was going to be a. I thought there was going to be an animation there. You know, I thought we had some. No, I was just. I was like, you just like let's bring it arrow. That's something. I was like, oh, I guess me. Okay. No. Uh, no. It was no. It was it was a good night. I, it was interesting because the last time they did it was obviously COVID, post COVID, and um, they had to do it open air Arrowhead Stadium. You know, we had the shots of Patrick Mahomes with his mask on getting the ring, um, you know, six feet separation from everybody. This is, they got to dress up. You got to see Andy Reid in the tuxedo with the red buttons. You got to see Carlos Dunlap, who I believe we'll talk about a little bit later. He, he looking like the undertaker. You got to see everybody looking very fashionable. Um, you know, George Karloff, this was one of the suits I kind of liked actually the, the look he had. I mean, everybody looked good. Obviously notably Chris Jones wasn't there. Uh, notably, a couple other guys weren't there as well, but there were previous players that we thought may have shown up, and, and then some did. So all in all, a good night. It was a private ceremony, so we couldn't watch it, but you saw all the videos from the guys on Instagram the moment they got their rings. I think that was a pretty cool part because they all acted like little kids getting their rings. For some of them, their first, and for others, their second. So all in all, a good night. I mean, the, the victory tour continues for these guys. That's what it seems like. Kyle chimed in on YouTube, said he thought a question was coming. I think everybody thought thought something was going was going there. <laughs> Let's set the scene a little bit. Harold and I were there. Mark, obviously, you stay tuned on the socials. It was Union Station, and they tried to keep it under wraps. I don't know how well of a job they did doing that. There were some fans there, but they had all of the, the same backdrop that they used for the parade. It was uh, on those front kind of panels on Union Station, so big Super Bowl banner. Um, and, and then the red carpet was right out there in front. Nice, balmy, 90-degree day. Um, and I thought another cool, underrated part of this whole night was you got to see not only with the cars that the guys drove, but, like, how they arrived to, like, this red carpet event, if you will. Like, you saw guys going from chauffeur status all the way up to, like, I saw Darian Kennard just kind of driving himself in casually and just getting out of the car. Like, it was cool to see uh, these guys kind of just put this bookmark, I guess, if you will, on the final chapter of their Super Bowl season. I've never seen anything like this. Mark, have you seen a team do this kind of red carpet, fine dining, formal type event for a, for a ring ceremony? No, not that I can recall. And I think a lot of that probably has to do with the fact their first one kind of got ruined, right? Like how Harold was talking about they were on the field, open areas, had the social distance and all of that. And you still got a pretty decent amount of guys from that team still on this current team as well. And then obviously with the new guys that win their first ring, you know, you want them to just make it really special for everybody involved. And I think they did a really good job. I think also too, it kind of, it's like a trickle effect, right? It kind of where Harold's talking about this victory tour. 
that is still continuing. You had the draft in Kansas City, which was basically another parade in a way, right? You had Mahomes and Kelsey coming out with the trophy, flexing to the crowd, and then now you get this. It just seems like a big old celebration that I think you finally could put a bow on now. Now they can really turn the page fully to the 2023 season. It was really cool to see it, not just the players. Obviously, we know the players, they win the game. They play the game. They completed the 10-point comeback. But this truly was an organizational event, if you will. You saw communication staffers, PRs, the ones that we work very closely with, all the way down to photographers, um, 65 toss power trap, that whole thing. Like It was cool to see everybody kind of wrapped their arms around what the organization was able to accomplish. That's kind of one of the things I took away from it, Harold. I, I know you were kind of grumpy and disgruntled and mad to be in the heat the whole time. Well, I'm just grumpy and disgruntled generally. Um, but no, it's, uh, I mean, I will say a couple things that were cool. Andy Reid just driving up with his wife, Tammy, just, you know, like it's a, he's just parking to go into union station. Basically. He's not like the two time Super Bowl winning head coach. I mean, you got Brendan Daly over here in an open air Mustang being chauffeured, um, and then yet I mean, now everybody knows what Patrick Mahomes. One of his, I guess he's got another another ride to add uh, to the uh, collection, a growing collection. I thought he borrowed that from you. I thought he, I thought he took no, it from you. No, no. Yeah. Well, because I don't have a Texas license plate, so <laughs> that's why you know it's not from me. Um, so, put up in the Rari. unless I went down to Dallas. No, we brought a, 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 a Rolls. So it was all. All white yeah, with all the white yeah, so, it, was, it was clean. Oh, the know, double R, okay. You, you can pay half a billion dollars. And you can you can fly a little bit sometimes. You know, team friendly deal, of course. But uh, <laughs> you, you, I mean, only only forty five million dollar base salary this year. I mean, only forty five million. So not bad. Not too yeah, bad. It's pretty pretty good pretty good work you can get out there. For uh, do we have any issues with the ring itself? Uh, some details over two hundred and sixty diamonds baguette diamonds and different diamonds and the top comes off and there's a there's a quote on the inside from i believe it's lamar hunt who says arrowhead stadium is my favorite place on earth and it can turn into a pendant i don't i, I can you even beef with i mean it feels like super bowl jewelry has gotten so gaudy like it's not even really it's more of a conversation piece than like an actual ring at this point yeah, because when are you really going to wear this in a normal setting? Like, you're not going to wear that big old ring just going out to dinner in, on the plaza in Kansas City. Like, it's one of those things you're literally going to wear for, like, this type of event, obviously. Maybe, I don't know, a cheese banquet or something. Like, you're not just wearing this on the normal basis. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe you are. Actually, maybe you are. Maybe some guys are. Maybe these younger guys are because, you know, you see these rappers out here wearing these big old rings and jewelry, just normal. So maybe they maybe I'm the old guy here. That I, that was a very old state. That, that right there was an old state. That was something I was Aaron, expecting Harold to say. I was expecting Aaron, hold on, hold on. Aaron, if you had a ring that big, are you wearing that like on a normal basis? Well, a lot of the guys say, hey, you know, we'll, we'll wear it this this next week, you know, my next trip or whatever, since it's new, everybody wants to see it. And then you kind of tuck it away for a long time until I know specifically, and I'll toss it to you after this, as uh, Del Monte Green Beans chimes in on YouTube and says the ring is kind of like a trophy. And I agree. It kind of is more of like a, a, a stationary piece that you bring out on special occasions. I think it's going to be sweet for the owners to wear for Clark Hunt. Mark Donovan, some of those people in the front office, when they get together with other league, uh, league officials, you know, and they had those league meetings, 
best believe I'm putting it on that handshake hand to be able to, to be able to remind you what our team was able to accomplish. Are you, are you wearing both or just the most recent one? Are you wearing both of them? What do you think? What do you think, Harold? Well, I feel the first one's going to feel a little left out because it's smaller than the second one. I mean, you can tell the noticeable difference for one. Uh, to Domantes, I hope I pronounced his name correctly, point. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the Lombardi Trophy's in the second ring. Arrowhead Stadium's in the second ring. This, the play, I mean, it's, 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 not, it's actually better than a Super Bowl trophy, Baz, because it's a collection of what happened throughout the season. It's got memorable quotes. It's got your stadium. It, it tells a story. It tells the story of the, the 2022-23 Kansas City Chiefs, which is exactly what a Super Bowl ring does. I mean, the Rams made a huge one, and the Chiefs were like, we got to do it. I mean, Aaron, you remember when Travis Kelsey said before it even began, and it's one of one. Um, you know, Justin's did the job. Everybody went with it. I mean, there's plenty of good ring stories. I mean, I think one of the cooler stories was Trey Smith, who's, um, you know, everybody brought their date or their, you know, wife or, or girlfriend or what have you. He brought his father um, and he said, you know, this is for his mom. Who he, he, His mother's passed away and that was for his mom. You know, she would have loved the night like that. And I think that's special. I mean, you know, like Trey's got a ring. That's special to him. You know, he earned that. I mean, let's think about Trey. The reason he's there is because of the way they lost that second Super Bowl. That's the reason he's there. Absolutely. So, and him and Creed, I mean, and, uh, and Joe Tooney, those are the reason those guys are there. So I think it's really cool that, you know, you have storytelling involved in it. I mean, this is just the beginning. I mean, these things are going to get – I mean, like, watch the Nuggets, watch what the Chiefs did, and they're going to have a yeah. crazy ring. Watch whoever wins baseball, they're going to have a ring that's crazy. I mean, the bar just keeps going up and up and up and up with these rings. I mean, but look, it's not like we can just, you know, get, take money out of our check to buy those rings because it's our entire check plus another month's rent. So, I thought you already had one. No, I do not have one. They didn't give you one Super Bowl champion broadcaster? I, I didn't do anything to win the Super Bowl, Aaron. I was just there. I was, I was, I was just there. I was present. Give yourself so, some credit. You have some great Yeah, reports. there we go. Well, the, the Chiefs, to my, they used a couple of my reports in their uh, some, uh, their little 65 toss, uh, toss power trap up production uh, pieces. Big dog. You yeah, get a really, ring. Because I was like, that's my voice. I recall that voice. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to ask Dane Van Wy and the great staff over there, why, why I didn't get a ring. So, uh, but no, it's, um, let's I, talk I about a guy who has two rings and he liked to show them off very proudly on social media in response to Bengals wide receiver, Jamar Chase. And I thought this was an awkward situation that Chase was kind of put in because Joe Burrow clearly said Pat was the best. And then he basically was put in front of that information. And he did what I thought most logical competitors would do, especially if your biggest rival just won the Super Bowl. Oh, Pat who? Like, I'm not even recognizing anybody except for the guys who are in this locker room. I thought it was a good clap back. I think this is emblematic of what this rivalry is going to continue to be. It's going to be a lot, a lot of chatter. And then there's going to be one game, uh, one game on the regular season schedule and one game on the postseason schedule, in my opinion, for the next three or four years, what is? Start with you, Mark, and then we'll go around the horn because this is your account. This this is what you like. This is the pettiness. What did you think of the the, the petty petty back and forth between Mahomes and and Jamar Chase? Well, first of all, I want to address one thing that you said that I thought was definitely <laughs> inaccurate. You said this is what most competitors would do. 
That is not true because most competitors would no here they will say that they'll defend their guy. I get that part of it, but you didn't have to say Pat who. You could have been like, yeah, Pat's a great quarterback as well. We know what he's done and things like that. But I'm rolling with my guy, Joe Burrow. The fact that he said Pat who is the reason why he got flexed on. If it wasn't for that, this wouldn't have been a thing. That's where it became a thing. And, hey, if that's how he's rolling, that's fine. That's Jamar Chase. You know, receivers love the drama, love the build-up things and being the headlines. I get it. So he's one of those next guys in line of this new generation of wide receivers. And let's get it. Let's face it. He went to LSU with Joe Burrow, so they're like brothers, right? So That's his guy. Yeah, but still, the pad who was still a pot shot. It was a little extra. It was a little extra sauce on there, but that, that that's the rivalry. I'm not gonna give any extra ammunition or congratulatory. Like I'm not gonna leap any extra praise on the guy that not that ended my season. Pat, you know, why give Pat any extra more motivation? We know that Pat thrives on these type of things, right? When he played the Bears a couple of years ago, he counted his fingers because they didn't draft him over. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky we've seen him do petty things before time and time again so as a Chiefs fan Chiefs supporter you should be very very happy that this happened because I mean I don't think he needed any more motivation because Pat is self-driven and I think he's truly chasing the ghost in Tom Brady but it doesn't hurt to have just a little bit of extra on the side when you do play those boys again next year Sean chimes in on YouTube and says the Bungles, I think he means Cincinnati, may have a tough road ahead. The North should be good this year. D-Mac always chiming in. Shout out Kingdom Cast says Pat who. I thought this was playful. I thought it was fun. And I'm going to be honest, I was very close to asking him about it because Pat talked twice that day. He talked at the podium and then he talked at the red carpet. Both of those times I was about to say, ah, but he addressed it in, in the most Pat way possible. What did you make of it, uh, Harold? Well, it's funny the he mentions the Bungles, um, you know, which for the longest time they were the Bungles. And, and yeah, I, I think uh, their division might be the most competitive in the AFC this upcoming season because Pittsburgh is reemerging, I believe. And I, I think they're my surprise team at AFC this year, um, along with Denver. And the only reason I say Denver is just because they have competent coaching this year. But um, going back to the uh, – you know, what we were talking about, it's, 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 it's fascinating when you say you, you watch the whole thing in its entirety about how the, the kind of the, how it went. And I believe the Pat who was just more like the Pat who like, hey, we know who he is it, it, and things can get misconstrued as we know, but I mean, like, come yeah. on, you can't misconstrue Pat who Harold, you can't, there's no way to misconstrue, especially no, I, with the I, smile on his face after there's no way to misconstrue. I think the smile was like, uh, you know, like, you know, um, but it, yeah, I mean, but he said it and obviously Patrick and his people or just him, they knew what was coming. They knew the ring ceremony was coming. It's like, ah, it's fine. You can talk all you want. Come June 16th or whatever date that was, I will be showing off two rings, you know, and that's, and I mean, he might as well just put them in two middle fingers. Like he might, I mean, honestly, he might as well have, because they have the rings. They don't, that's what's important. So you want Pat to go full heel. Just yeah, I mean, Well, <laughs> I think the chiefs are slowly starting to play themselves into a heel. I mean, let's, let's be honest here. Like everyone chases the winners, right? And they're the winners right now. When Justin Reed did, when Justin Reed stepped out on his ledge, though, and kind of poked Cincinnati back, 
it was almost like KC withdrew. It, Cincinnati has not stopped. It, it, it's no, almost as if he, they he are. Said something. I think every receiver on the Bengals roster has said something, Aaron. I, I believe that T. Higgins has said something. I mean, no, Jamar Chase has definitely said something. They've all said something. I mean, Joe Burrow was asked about it by the Cincinnati media, who do you think is the best quarterback? And he said, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it, he didn't take the bait, honestly. So, I mean, it's just you really get down to it. Yeah, Cincinnati is going to talk because that's all they're thinking about right now. I mean, everybody says rent-free. I, I believe there is a rent-free from both sides of this rivalry, uh, the Kansas City-Cincinnati rivalry for years to come. I think I believe there's a because they know they're two equals. I mean, Cincinnati Wait, has to Mark, wins. you don't like that? <laughs> you don't like the fact that Cincinnati's living rent-free? Kansas City's got the wings. Rings. Oh, no, 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 no. No, my point was I was going to take this a little further. I think this is going to rival – the whole Burrowhead thing, right? When the Chiefs beat them in Arrowhead, they were mocking them back. Burrowhead, this is, you know what I'm saying? I think this is going to be kind of similar to that if the Chiefs do beat them, not only in the regular season, but in the playoffs, you're going to hear the that's who or Pat who, like it's going to be thrown back in their face. And that clip is going to, it's going to surface again if the Chiefs beat them, man. I'm telling you, that's, that's one of those, Next chapter in the rivalry went from Burrowhead. Now it's that's who or Pat's who. That's the next chapter in this story. There's always going to be something. And the fact that we have to wait till December 31st for this. That's. They they could have done us a service and pushed this thing back up to October or something. But nope, we, we, we are. We are day 365. Of 365 to wait for this game. So you're, you know, the NFL is hoping that game has. Playoff seeding implications. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's keep talking about the ring ceremony. Some good conversation there. Episode 48, Chiefs Coast to Coast. Mark Bunnells, Aaron Ladd, Kramer Sandstone, and our guest, Harold Koontz, talking ring ceremony. How about two guys? And, of course, there's more, but I want to focus in on these two because there was a lot of chatter. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, someone who famously missed out on the Super Bowl parade, wasn't seen at the White House, was spotted at the ring ceremony, and I thought that was noteworthy and on the other end uh, a guy that's continued to have this contentious contract negotiation extension talks chris jones who was absent from mandatory minicamp was pictured at the white house festivities says that he was sick and didn't make it to the ring ceremony for that reason take what you want from either of those harold and then we'll go around well first things first with chris jones i, I know it's kind of like if we're humans and we want to leave work you're going to say, oh, I'm sick. I can't make it. <coughs> oh, yeah, oh exactly. sniffles. Yeah, they're not feeling like, good. I get that. But, I mean, if he didn't want to be there, he didn't want to be there. If he did, he did. I mean, I'm not going to fully speculate on his condition at the time. I don't know. But at the same time, I mean, he did respond on Twitter like, I'm sick. Like, okay, sure. Like, if you didn't want to be there, you didn't want to be there. If you did, you did, and you were sick, you're sick. Okay. Um, I mean, that, that's fine. Um that didn't raise an eyebrow to you that he wasn't there? I thought, and I bet you thought the same way. He'd probably sneak in the back door. And That's what I originally thought, in. yeah. I thought that he was there. And maybe you just, like, directed people, like, I don't want any pictures taken of me. And they are like, okay, sure. Good. But, I mean, he says he legitimately wasn't there. I mean, he went out of his way to say it. So, again, 
I'm not going to speculate on that. I mean, that's his prerogative. We're on a podcast, Harold. You have to speculate. Come on. That's what the, uh, the whole no, thing no. we're doing here is. No, no. This is not what the Kansas and Missouri <laughs> broadcast for your of the year does. You're not on it. You're not on here. This is a podcast. Speculation <laughs> is what we're, we're here for. And the uh, fact that Chris Jones, he was at the parade. He was at the White House. Mm-hmm. Your The ring ceremony is, is almost lower investment, in my opinion. It's lower investment than any of those events because you're, he's here. you're around the organization. We know he's here. I mean, we know he's around Veach, is not gonna, Veach is not going to pull out the negotiation tables right there at the well, ring Brett, ceremony. Brett, <laughs> Veach said himself, like, he would love this event. Like, you know, I think he's going to be here because he, loved it. he would love this event. I think a couple people said, like, he would love this event. Totally believe he would love this event. So, if you've got people within the organization saying he would love this event and he doesn't show up, maybe he is sick. Like maybe that's just what it is. Maybe Red Veach was not mistaken when he said that in past in, in uh in past tense, if you will. Like wow, yeah, Aaron so, is wow. You're wild for that. Mark, Aaron, you can put on was Chris cash. Jones actually sick? And are you surprised that CEH showed up? Those are my two well, questions. First of all. How can I determine if the guy is sick or not? I don't. I don't live yeah, with him. I don't know his family. I. I, I can't. I can't speak. Have on that. some fun, he, please. Lord have mercy. He said he was sick. I got to believe the man was sick. I have to take him. At, I have to take it at face value. I have to. I mean, the fact that he wasn't the parade, he wasn't the White House. He's had a track record of showing up to these type of things. So why would he show up to this one? The White House was only what two or three weeks ago. It wasn't like it was. Three months ago, and, and like maybe, maybe, maybe feelings have changed over time. It's only been two weeks, so I don't think much has changed in two weeks to where he's like, "I'm not coming to the ring ceremony. I'm I'm not being treated fairly." Like I, I think the man was really sick, and as far as Ceh, I am surprised because based on track record, going with him, no parade, no White House, but maybe he's heard the criticism. Maybe he's had an agent talk to him or his team that's close to him. It's like, hey, you get a lot of bad PR here. You missed the parade. You missed the White House. Please show up to this ring ceremony, please. We're begging you. So maybe that was what it was with CH on this one. He's like, okay, I can't miss all three. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. A couple of people chiming in in the comments. We love the comments. Appreciate y'all rocking with us here on Wednesday in the middle of the offseason. Kyle's very active, says it's June, looking ahead to that Cincy matchup. 
says, you mean to tell me he's faking sick, but he went to the White House? Come on, Aaron. Sean says, love it, funny. Um, I, two things. And I think the Clyde the Clyde piece is, is more noteworthy than the Chris Jones. I don't know if he's sick or not. To me, he, he would have showed up had had this contract negotiation not been going on. But that's just me speculating, and that's just me throwing something in there. I don't think that, oh, they maybe had a bad phone call, and now he decided not to. I, I don't know. I do think it's interesting timing. And anytime somebody calls out sick on, like, a Friday or, like, something where it's, like, a big party, I always look interesting. But – uh, the, the thing with Clyde is, yeah, he, he has to have heard the noise at this point. He has to have read the feedback from him skipping the parade and skipping the White House visit. And maybe if it's not from us, maybe it's internally. Maybe somebody internally said, hey, man, like, w- we still see a role for you and we still care about you here on this team. Whether you're mentally somewhere else or whether you don't think it's going to work out or hasn't worked out the way you want it to be. I think even Jarek McKinnon kind of gave voice to that. Um, these things are important. These things are memories you can't get back. I mean, opening your first Super Bowl ring, like, why not do that in the, in the environment of the team? I, I I think, and I've been a big supporter of Clyde on this pod. I don't think I have to uh, pull up my resume on any point in time, but I, I think he plays a crucial role in, in this team going forward. Let's get to some sound before we move off Chris Jones, because obviously that's going to be the biggest talking point headed into camp uh, as far as his extension is concerned. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes talked about it. I want to start with the Andy Reid sound because he said he faced a similar situation last year with Orlando Brown. Will he be there? Will he not be there? This is what Andy Reid had to say at the podium the day of the ring ceremony about Chris Jones and his availability as far as training camp. We keep going. You know, it's one of those deals. So they, they've got to they'll work all that out. They're communicating, so that's important. He went on to say, look, if you're there, you're there. We're going to roll. He leaves it into Brett Veach's hands and that kind of thing. Does anybody have any major concern that Chris Jones is is his impact or his availability in training camp is not going to be felt because of this contract? You can go ahead, Harold. I have zero concern whatsoever. I mean, at one point I heard the dang thing was already done. It was just a matter of signatures and maybe a couple million dollars difference. But – could be looking at Quinn and Williams, what he does with the Jets, but I, I have no concern whatsoever that he'll sh- – I mean, here's the good thing about Chris Jones as opposed to, say, if you're having a squabble with a quarterback or a, a wide receiver or something. This man knows what he's doing. He could show up two days before the pre- first preseason game and then he'd be perfectly fine. So he has all the time in the world. I think the, the crew at the Chiefs know they have all he has all the time in the world. It's just a matter of finding the right dollar amount, I don't think there's any threat that he's bouncing anywhere. That's for sure. So it's just a matter of timing. Like, when does it get done? Now, does it, if you get worried, maybe the first, I wouldn't even be worried if it was like the first week of training camp. I still wouldn't be worried. If he wants to show up July 31st and say, all right, I'm ready, fine. He's earned that right. Like he's just, there's certain guys on teams that have earned a right to show up when they want to show up, and he's one of them. He's one of maybe three or four guys that have earned the right to basically say, on the Kansas City Chiefs, that earned the right to say, if I want to show up when I want to show up, I'm going to show up. And, I mean, we know those four guys. It's obviously it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Travis Kelsey, it's Chris Jones, and it's James Winchester. And that last one's not a joke. He can just show up whenever he wants to show up. So, 
So, I mean, they just turn to right to basically do like whatever they want to do. So I was wondering who that fourth guy was going to be. I, was yeah, like, I, I, I be thought you were going Creed or something like that. I, I think Creed, if he was, if he had played eight, maybe six, seven years instead of now three. Yeah. But nah, I mean, they, 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 he's turned to right whatever he wants to do. They'll, they'll figure out a number. They'll get it done. Eventually cooler heads will repair. He'll be ready to go. Mark, before you go, if we're playing the game of something or nothing, Chris Jones not showing up for the ring ceremony has it has to be something, right? Like we can't just continue to sit here with the panic meter on zero, saying, "Oh no, things are fine. Like we're good. Like we can't just ignore data points that have been given to us in this Chris Jones negotiation." I mean, it's something if you really don't believe that he was sick. It then, yeah, it's something. I know you call cap, but if the man was really sick. Why would he be around his teammates and it could be contagious, right? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm giving the man the benefit of the doubt on that. But I will say this. I'm not concerned about the actual contract getting done. I am a little concerned about the time it gets done, though, unlike Harold. I want him around for training camp for one reason. He's really the only veteran on that D-line now. Without Frank Clark there, you have a lot of young guys. You brought in Amenahu from the Niners. You drafted some guys. You still got Corloftis there. It's a very young D-line group. No Carlos Dunlap right now. That could be a very, very late, late training camp, early preseason signing. So I want him around to be that mentor. Like we saw Frank Clark. He took GK last year under his wing in training camp. All those clips about him showing him his swing moves and things of that and little tricks and stuff like that. So I think him being there, considering how young that group is, I think it is valuable for that he's not just skipping training camp. I want him there this summer. I agree with you on that. Comments are chiming in as well. Kyle says it's absolutely nothing as far as Chris Jones missing the ring ceremony. And Sean says, I agree with Aaron. I think he's been playing us all the whole time, at least for more money, if nothing else. Let's hear from QB1. Patrick Mahomes also asked about Chris Jones, where his panic meter is as as it relates to him missing mandatory minicamp, and when he expects to get an extension done with one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league. Good, good by training camp, and we're able to come in and just roll, and that's just part of it, and that's what makes this, this team such so great is um, whenever guys like that have to go handle their business, we let them handle it. When they jump back in the building, we get back to right where we left off. The Chiefs are in a great situation with this because they literally just did this exact same thing last year with Orlando Brown. Mahomes says the hope is everything's good by training camp, and, and they'll be ready to roll if anybody has any closing thoughts on, on CJ. Well, it's interesting you mentioned Orlando Brown. Um, I mean, that was a completely different situation because that literally was about money. And the funny, odd part that he goes to Cincinnati, I mean, we like the Orlando Brown. I mean, Aaron, you've seen him a lot. It was great. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that was strictly about money and the fact that he went to the Bengals and took probably a little less than what he thought he was worth. So be it. He got some long-term security. He's happy with it. That is what it is. It's a business. Um, but, I mean, Chris, he's been through this before. You know, we, we remember when Patrick Mahomes said, hey, I left a little money on the table for you when he was doing his contract. And then Chris immediately got his worked out. So there's previous precedent that, you know, Chris is going to get happy uh, eventually. Like he, he just, just wants to be loved. That's no problem. I mean, look, you come off a 15 and a half sack performance last year. You match your career total from 2018. You know Aaron Donald's the guy who's getting paid more. You outperformed Aaron Donald, quite frankly, last year. So, yeah, he's definitely deserving of the money. So, I mean, it's just a matter of and, – and we forget from the Chiefs' perspective, they need this. They're close to the cap. 
I mean, they're under a million dollars for the cap. They're the closest team against the cap, according to numbers I've been seeing. In terms of spot track, yes. So he needs to be extended. You know, if you, if there's a guy you can see a good dollar for you because it's because you know the Chiefs toward the end of the year, always week eight, nine, ten, whatever. We've seen where they picked up Terrell Suggs. We take, we've seen it where they picked up Carlos Dunlap, even though he got in the system forever. Um, I thought for a second maybe they're trying to do something with Frank before he went to the Denver Broncos and maybe wait and see uh, how that went. So it, it's just a matter of you know they're going to pick up a veteran guy that they need and someplace they need that might be a little a little soft, could be defensive line. I think the big thing is how Felix and DK Uzama develops. I mean, you mentioned the young guys, but Felix is the young guy. He's the young guy that's got to step up. Um, and you don't know how that's going to go the, the development-wise yet because, you know, he didn't get too much work in the rookie camp, even though that's not too concerning. He did get some work in the OTAs. But that's the big guy that he needs a mentor. And, you know, Charles Aminahue is a veteran. He could mentor. Um, but Nobody's saying Mike Dana's name, saying, a guy who's no, been Mike, in the system I, before. Yeah. Mike Dana has been there in the system too. They got a couple guys that have been in the system too. Um, I mean, how do these other guys like Josh Kando do they finally reach their? Do they finally reach the potential that they think they had? Um, we don't know that. We got to see. I mean, right now, Aaron, I think you're right. It is a thumbs down right now. Um, <laughs> but we've got we've got to see it. We got to see something show up. Let's so, talk about a few guys. Let's talk about a few guys who came back to the kingdom. It's uh, some familiar faces. I thought it was cool to see. doesn't have to be long. Just very quickly, Eric Bieniemy, Juju Smith-Schuster, Juan Thornhill, Andrew Wiley, to name a few, coming back to KC. I know guys maybe went to the White House, but for them to come back to Kansas City, to be on the red carpet with the, with the uh, rest of the team, some guys sick, weren't able to make it, but for those guys to show up, and really, uh, you know, wrap their arms around the rest of the team. I thought that was cool. I thought that was important. Yeah, it was definitely cool. A couple guys that showed up to this weren't there for the White House and vice versa, right? Because McCole Harden was at the White House. I don't think he was at the ring ceremony, right? I didn't see McCole there. But, uh, yeah, it was good to see Juan back. Obviously, EB, that was really cool. That was probably the coolest, honestly, out of everybody that came back this time. So, yeah, it was really nice to see that happen. And you could tell, man, Juju, he's not missing any Chiefs event. You could tell he actually – he really wants to be a Chiefs still. But he, he couldn't pass up that money that New England gave him. You see that. It reports that he's still dealing with knee problems. Mm-hmm. And his people knew that. And New England may <laughs> – they may have fumbled that back because knee problems are that's pretty I don't know. But I'm wishing him the best. I'm glad he came back though. But yeah, he definitely got the bag. He may have finessed New England though, looking at that. I saw pitch. him and MVS embrace on the red carpet. I don't know if it was their first time seeing each other, but it looked like it was their first time seeing each other in a very long time. And there was a real relationship there. Even for guys who only played together for a season. Obviously, they won a Super Bowl together here in Kansas City. I think there maybe be a little bit of smoke on, on that fire you just said right there, Mark Gunnels. Harold, what do you think? Obviously, you have a good relationship with Eric Bieniemy. What was it like, and what did he kind of tell you about coming back to Kansas City for the ring ceremony? I think the biggest thing with Eric Bieniemy is he's he's ready to start his own legacy, and I think he's come to this fact that it, he wasn't going to get it here. And I mean, he had come to that, but it's truly I think hit him now that he's in Washington. He's working with those guys. We've seen the reports of him screaming at them, uh, you know, getting them right. And he's like, well, that's Tuesday at St. Joe. I mean, we could see, we could hear the F bombs from across the darn field over there saying, hey, I'm the tent. It's 100 degree heat in St. Joe. So it's, it's, it's definitely hit him that it's good. But I think it's good that he's with Ron Rivera out there. 
Uh, they're both Andy Reid guys. You know, that's something that's kind of makes it a decent transition. Um, but he's ready to build his own legacy. He hadn't even moved out yet. I mean, I, that was the first thing he was telling everybody. He's like, he hasn't moved out yet. That's, I mean, that's, you know, but, and it also, it was interesting that his, he told him, his wife said it was important to be here. Um, he was at him with the White House, but he said it was important to be back here. But I mean, it's one thing, you know, when you come to Kansas City and you're like, oh, just pack it up your back. But it's one thing to be around the guys again. You, you know, they have love for him. Um, so it, it's really good to see him back. Uh, Juju was interesting because as much as he loved being back, probably to see MVS and a couple other guys, didn't seem like he was too excited to see us there. <laughs> so, so I mean, it is what it is with that. You know, he got there late, probably on purpose. We already know. So, um, but hey, it's it's one of those things. We wish him the best of luck, uh, like Mark said in, in New England. But yeah, it, it was good seeing Airbnb. It was good seeing Juan Thornhill. I mean, he still seems like he misses it there. And 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 Aaron, you kind of get that sense too, right? By by uh, seeing Juan being back there, being with the guys. It's my guy, man. Yeah, it was, it was good seeing him there. And uh, yeah, it was good seeing some of the older guys back. I mean, even a little like Darius Harris, of all people, like being back. You know, it's just it was little people like that who kind of ascended at the beginning of the year, dropped off. But I mean, look, no one's th- those rings come out of your paycheck, if I believe correctly. So, I mean, you better come and pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we know some people aren't able to make it for a variety of reasons. So you celebrate who's there and the accomplishments that you were able to do. Let's talk about somebody else who's also moved on, another former chief, if you will. This news came down after our last pod. Uh, we're doing them every two weeks now, so we're catching up on some news that happened in between the break. It's Frank Clark signing with a division rival. The Denver Broncos secure Frank Clark services for, I believe the number was, one year, five and a half guaranteed with, incentives that could get it up somewhere to eight or nine please correct me if i'm wrong on that but five and a half is the is the number for frank clark let's start with you harold and then we'll go around you're the guest the guest to go first it does it surprise you that it's not kansas city and that it's denver or are, are you just kind of you were resigned to the fact that when the move was made when he was released he wasn't going to uh he wasn't going to return to the kingdom uh, the latter, when the move was made, he's not coming back. I thought maybe he'd be one of those veteran pickups uh, later in the season, allow him to rest up, rest the legs. We know about his postseason capabilities. Um, but, hey, Denver, just like Kansas City, needs a veteran to kind of help out their young guys too. They need uh, a lot. Yeah, they need they need a lot of veteran help. And, I, I mean, look, let's be real here because they're going to mail him his ring eventually. He wasn't there, but they're going to mail he him. He can come ring. get it. He'll come get it. And he'll be an arrowhead. I mean, like. Well, I mean, the policy is they mail it, or you just come and get it. You might get it the week they play here because they play on a Thursday night game. So um, you never know. But the fact of the matter is when you have a guy in that locker room that has two rings, that speaks. You know, you got a guy that knows how to win, uh, needs to be in a room with a bunch of people who don't know how to win, with the exception of being Russell Wilson. And, yeah, I know. I, I've talked to Steve Spagnuolo about this at the um, – the, the, the KC Sports Hall of Fame. He's like, look, I'm, I'm sad we got to go against him twice because he's a good player, but he's a good human being. Brett Veach said the same thing. He's a good human. So, and he talked to him right before. Um, I had talked to him. He, he talked to him right before he decided to go to Denver. He said, hey, good luck, man. Hey, we got to face you twice because they understand the type of guy he is. Um, he's a good dude. We've all had good experiences with him. He's a great soundbite. He's I mean, that's the best. Be yeah, he's, that's going to be missed on Friday. I'm going to miss having to use the bleep button on him a couple times. So, 
<laughs> but I mean, he's an exceptional. He's, he's a good dude. He's he's done well within the community. He did his best. He got his bag. Salute. Take care. Now that Harold has said all the nice pleasantries, I'll be honest and say Mark Gunnels. He was an older defensive end. He's like a sports car, right? Like you cannot drive Frank Clark every day. You can drive him maybe two days out of the week, maybe one, and it's in the postseason. Kansas City would have been better off moving off from him. I'm not surprised by this move happened. And when I when we had this on our last pod and it was Dunlap or Frank Clark, I wanted Dunlap, and that possibility is still open. What do you think about Clark? Yeah, so I remember last time we were talking, you were basically talking about how you think the kingdom has this emotional attachment to Frank Clark, and that's kind of why we're pushing for it. And I admitted that I was one of those people, right? I mean, it's kind of hard not to, man. You see the sound bites, you see the emotion, just raw emotion from him. And not to mention, he did produce in the postseason. You know, he may not show up too much in the regular season. He might miss some games because of his stomach messing up. Oh, he needs to get, get that together. But uh, in the playoffs, he's, he's what, third all-time in postseason sacks? Yes, really he's third he all-time, yeah. And he's within striking distance of becoming number one, which is why I really thought if he didn't at least restyle with the Chiefs, he would go somewhere where you're pretty much a lock to make the playoffs. In Denver, I mean, they could. I know Harold said they could be a surprise team, but they're, they're a fringe wild card team at best. I think we can agree on that. So I'm a little surprised that maybe that's not more of a motivation for him. That, that would be a, a great accomplishment, right? To get number one all time in postseason sacks in your belt pocket. So, you know, that, that is what it is. But I've always said this. I thought the Chiefs would resign one of Frank Clark or Carlos Dunlap. So now I think it's on the table for Dunlap to come back. He was at the ring ceremony. I'm sure guys that were in his ear, hey, man, come back, man. Let's get one more, you know, one-year one veteran minimum type of deal. He'll probably skip most of the training camp and show up late. Who cares? He's a veteran rotational defensive end at this point in his career. So I really do think that's going to happen now since Frank Clark is gone. Our boy DMAC is in the comments on YouTube, says Dunlap, in my opinion, is a better fit for the roster than Frank would have been. And we got some more information on this front, courtesy of Forbes article. Um, I'll give a few quotes here from Carlos Dunlap. He talked about one of his restaurant ventures, but also talked about potentially returning to Kansas City. The 34-year-old says, I can help another team get one of their own or help the Chiefs again. The Chiefs haven't ruled that out, but currently it's a waiting game. They obviously have a special spot for me because they were the first team to help me win a playoff game and win a Super Bowl, so that would be a great opportunity. You you asked for a veteran earlier, Mark. I think Dunlap kind of fits a lot of those same things that Frank Clark does while also giving you that availability factor that you didn't always necessarily get. Uh, with Frank Clark. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I think, you know, since you don't got Frank Clark anymore, and I mentioned earlier the fact that it's a very young D-line room. Chris Jones is really the only, like, elder statesman there. So I do think there is some value of having a guy that's been around the block for 10 years, just won the Super Bowl, to kind of mentor those young guys, especially FAU, your new first-round pick from Kansas State. I, I like Carlos. I mean, I, I like both Frank and Carlos. Honestly, they're the perfect, again, mid-season pickups that I think they're great. Now, Frank ends up, ends up being a beginning of the season pickup, beginning of training camp pickup. Um, but, I mean, if Carlos is still there, I, I, I'd say let's have the conversation. 
And again, that's based on predicated on that. Hey, if Chris Jones extends that extends his contract, opens up some free money, Carlos, you got a shot to win a second Super Bowl. I mean, let, let, let you know, we let's, let's slightly remember what team he used to play on. Right. I think it was the bungles, right? I think so. <laughs> so how much would he like to win two Super Bowls against those bungles? Um, and I, I mean, I know he has love for Cincinnati. I mean, I saw him back there. He was signing autographs for people and people that saying hi to people that, you know, hadn't seen in a while, but Hey, I mean, look, Carlos would be a great pickup. I mean, I, I, I like the fit. I mean, he, he loved where he was in terms of play time. He likes that 35, 40% of snaps. Yeah, That's absolutely. Exactly where he would be. We know we're going to keep a lot of defensive linemen on, on the roster. Um, we're going to see more defensive linemen than you probably on normal teams. You're probably going to see more tight ends on this team than normal teams when it's all said and done with, with the final 53. So, I mean, you look at them and you say to yourself, yeah, I, I'd bring in a veteran. I, I'd give Carlos a good call. I mean, but you got to have that money. Yeah, because you're just up against the cap. You've got to have that money. And they can't maneuver the way they want to until they get that money. And that biggest one is extending Chris Jones. Let's wrap with a guy that's kind of under the radar, and we've gotten a good look at him in rookie camp and a now mandatory mini camp throughout the OTAs process. I think a lot of Chiefs fans are going to want to get to know this guy come training camp time. It's the UDFA signing, Daneric Prince, number 34. Uh, raised the eyebrows of not only some of the media over this time, but also somebody in his own room in the running back room. Here's Jarek McKinnon talking about the Chiefs' new running back. 34, like. He's big as hell, <laughs> and he's moving really fast. Uh, but he's been definitely uh, a standout for sure. I know the coaches love him. We love him. Um, I can't wait to see what he does in camp, uh, and then me physically be out there and you know give my veteran presence, and then just watch him go from there. But it definitely be uh, fun to watch him learn and uh, take that next challenge. This can be quick because I know we're kind of running out of time here. But I think the Chiefs' running back room is just as interesting as the wide receiver room is. And Daneric Prince is a is a big reason why. What do you think about thirty four, Harold? Well, Aaron, where did I used to work before? Oh gosh, Kansas City? the mayor. There it is. <laughs> the mayor. This is an audio platform, by the way. You have to describe what you're doing. That's uh, that's spelled Tulsa. Uh, yes, it's a it's a tiny little college in Oklahoma. One generic Prince used to play there. I actually so you've him. known this guy for a while, huh? Well, I didn't know because I wasn't there covering him when he was there. He's a transfer from Texas A&M over at Manville. He did pretty good there. But, you know, Texas A&M's got a lot of talent. He went to Tulsa and ran his butt over there. I actually texted um, uh, a dear friend of mine, Tulsa's former football coach, uh, before he went to Auburn to be the offensive coordinator, Philip Montgomery. He brought him in. And name he drop. ended up – Yeah, name drop. And, uh, I mean, that's not a big name drop, but it's a drop. Um I had to cover him. I mean, eventually you get to know people. But, um, no, uh, he had great things to say about him. I think he said, like, look, he's a hard runner. And if I know anything about playing at Tulsa, when they didn't have a quarterback for, like, three, four years, you got to run hard because that's pretty much the whole offense sometimes. So um, I'm, I'm, de- I'm curious to see about the wear and tear he has uh, when you run at A&M and then Tulsa is how long does it last in the NFL season. But. Andy Reid says you can never have enough running backs, and I think he's going to be one of those guys that makes the team as long as he can contribute on special teams, which I think he's well on his way to doing. When so, I hear things like, hold on, let me set you up real, real quick, Mark. Right, when right. I hear things like hard runner, UDFA, and then uh, Dave Toe compared him to Niall Davis, 
that yeah. gives me flashbacks of, of what just happened last year. Or, or, is this not deja vu of what the Chiefs were able to find in, in Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round last year? And, you know, what's funny about this, and the fact you bring that up, and, you know, you may have, may have put too much on your plate, Aaron, because you said CEH will have a big impact on this offense this year. And now you're hyping up Prince. But if Prince is really this guy, doesn't that make CEH more expendable in a potential trade that we were mentioning a couple weeks ago? Because you still got McKinnon. You still got Pacheco. Are you really going to carry four running backs? Are you really doing that? Or is this a, you asking me a question here? Yeah. yeah I mean, it was kind of – yeah, you could, you could answer. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I think this is why it makes the room so interesting, right? I think – if Daenerys Prince goes into camp and shows you the same way Pacheco showed you last year, that he can carry the load across an 18-game regular season plus the extended playoffs, then you then you kind of go back to the front office and say, okay, Clyde is truly expendable. We can go ahead and continue to make the move for whatever the value is. But if you don't think Prince is all the way there or if you think he's a guy that maybe is a practice squad stash for this year and could come back and be a system player next year when you have that true gap in the hole in the in the unit with no fifth-year option being picked up on Clyde, then you're already a year ahead. But I think it's it's classic Veach, it's classic Chiefs having a vision for, for right now and also having a vision uh, for the future. But I'm not willing to sell CEH yet, man. Come on now. You already know what time it is. I'm just testing your temperature because you seem pretty excited to talk about Prince. So I'm just seeing where you're at on, on yeah. it right now. Shout out to Therese A. Paler, who always used to very much say, contract year is what? Undefeated. Undefeated. What's Clyde got going on right now? Well, that was Clyde a good show. It was a, it was a good show. Your debut here on Coast to Coast. How do you feel? You ready to go? You think we can call your number again sometime later in the year? I mean, you have my number, Aaron, so you can call me. <laughs> you said I'm just a call away, man. Literally, he calls me all the time anyway, man. It's tough stuff. So, I mean, I'm down. Look, we might be working the same hours now, but I still consider you a friend. There we go. One interesting question from the chat or comment or criticism. I'll toss up to our panel here before we get out of here. Episode 48. Chiefs Coast to Coast, Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Sean is talking back and forth in the comments on YouTube and says, without CJ, the Chiefs still make the playoffs and have a chance. It's all about Pat. I don't know if I agree with that. I think when I think of the pillars of the Kansas City Chiefs as they're currently constructed, Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes, you need those three to be able to win a championship. It can't be done without one of those three, in my opinion. I don't think they make the playoffs without Chris Jones. I'm glad you brought this back up because I wanted to touch on this earlier, but we moved on kind of quick, but it's fine. I was going to caution Chiefs Kingdom, and I've seen this a lot, where they think as long as you have Mahomes and Kelsey, everybody else is expendable. That's your fault. You did that. You and your tweets did that. No, no, no. I've always put in Chris Jones in that mix too because Chiefs fans are taking the Tyreek Hill thing and thinking, oh, we traded Tyreek Hill. We won the Super Bowl in the first year. The difference is – Wide receiver is depending on the quarterback to throw them the football. Chris Jones is the Patrick Mahomes of the defense. Like, so that's the fundamental difference there. If they don't have Chris Jones and they trade him, they're still a playoff team, but they're not a Super Bowl team at all. No. They'll be a high-scoring team, have to score 35, 40 points a game to win. It would be like 2018 
but you probably don't go to the AFC Championship game like you did that year because the AFC is even deeper than it was five years ago. I would say Chris Jones earned a contract simply because they aren't in the Super Bowl without Chris Jones. He won that game against Cincinnati. I mean, we can go back and look at that AFC Championship game. He won that game. And I, I would go as far as to say he almost single-handedly won that game. I mean, the score was 23-20. <laughs> what are we looking at here? I mean, like, they held Cincinnati to 20 points. They made the stops when needed. Who made the critical sack when needed when Burrow and the golf was trying to drive? It was Chris Jones. He was crying during the national anthem. You knew he was about to put on an all-star effort, and he provided <laughs> I, I, I don't understand how this is – yes – the defense, we all know, probably needs to be 15, 16, 17. Somewhere in the middle range, offense can do the rest. We get that. But they still need to be 15, 16, 17. Where's that defense without Chris Jones? Chris Not Jones, 15, you're, 16, a, you're, in the, you're in the low 20s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. this team has had a historical – they've had historical defensive starts before. As you know, with Steve Spagnuolo defenses, you get better toward the end. You've got a guy that doesn't require you to get – better toward the end. Now you can fine tune things with that secondary. He can be, I'm not saying he can match his total last year, but if he gives you 12, 13 sacks, that's worth the money. Take it. <laughs> Good conversation here. We'll have to continue this at a Harry's or, you know, something like that little local watering hole. I feel like I owe you a, a beverage or two for your appearance here. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> programming note we will not be back in every i know we usually back every two weeks the next episode will be july july 6th not the fifth you have to wait one more day to the sixth it's a holiday break i'll be on vacation harold i'll be on some of us take time off okay see how high maintenance he is he's changing the schedule of the show that's crazy (laughs) my birthday is july 10th Okay, so there we go. It'll be an early celebration of Harold's birthday. That's that's why actually why I moved. No, no, no. I, I don't even celebrate birthdays. You know that. It's just, it's, just, it's just one more day of knee problems. You sound like a chief. You sound like Frank Clark. Plantar fasciitis, tendon issues. Oh, she can barely move my arm. For the old man over in Kansas City, Aaron Ladd here in Kansas City, Kramer Sandstone behind the board. Mark Gunnels is out in L.A., the newest inductee to the Lincoln University Hall of Fame. Did I get that right? Did I get that yeah. right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> The it Hall of Famer huge. will be joining us again, same time, same place, July 6th. Coast to Coast is out. We'll see y'all then.